the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in, we'll chat, and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, much, much more. Got a good show for you today. Tons of things that we could talk about. Many, many, many. A plethora, a veritable plethora of commentary. Let's take a look at the market numbers. We got the Dow up 157, sitting at 12,285. Kind of putting in a, a bottom, maybe? Uh, maybe a short-term bounce, a dead cat bounce. Up 1.3%. The S&P 500 up 16, up 1.3%, percent sitting at 1302. The NASDAQ up 41, sitting up 1.4% at 2819. Europe continues to hold the world hostage as far as solving their problems, and thus our stock market being held hostage, in my opinion. We're looking higher today across the board. Basically, Europe's moving towards action on the crisis in Spain. We've heard things like, yeah, we're going to take all the debt and pump it into a 25-year bad bank where we'll pay it off over that period of time, and we'll, we'll take it away from the banks. We'll create new bad bank. European Central Bank kept their interest rate at 1% short term. Basically, they fear inflation. Mario Draghi, who's the head of the European Central Bank, could also be called the German Central Bank if you want to go that direction. He's saying the ECB is prepared to act, but he's not, over, he's not going to overwhelm us. He wants the European politicians to solve their own problems. He doesn't want to solve the problems for them. He's a little bit more conservative than his uh, counterpart, Ben Bernanke. Ben Bernanke trying to do everything he can to stimulate the economy. Some people say the conservative way is correct. Some people say the Ben Bernanke way is correct. I leave it up to you to decide. There's some rising hopes right now that the Federal Reserve is going to take further action to address the weak U.S. economy. The Wall Street Journal has an article called, Fed Considers More Action Amidst New Recovery Doubts. So... The phrase that pays today is, we hope the Fed bails us out. There's been some stability, but we're looking at QE3 now. Stimulus speculation. That's one of the things driving the markets in the short term. So the global financial markets are yoked. They like what our Ben Bernanke says or speculates. U.S. economic data was showed some revisions in productivity, now, which is cute. 
first quarter productivity was down almost 1%, down nine-tenths of 1%. It was previously reported at down one-half of 1%. Now, here's the thing that stinks about this is this is – it's expected. You know, I came into the studio this morning, television, Channel 4 Cron. I do a little 645 hit. And uh, Mark Dannon said, uh, you know, hey, we're getting less productive. I'm like, well, it's kind of a revision to GDP that revise, that automatically pushes productivity down. Anytime there's a revision to GDP, either up or down, it automatically pushes productivity up or down. So it's not one of those pieces of data that we care all that much about. We really don't. Um, now, unit labor costs, which tend to measure inflation, also came out in this report this morning. They were revised to 1.3% from a previous 2.2%. That year-on-year gain indicates that wage costs are not significantly inflationary at this point in time. So that gives the Fed Reserve a little bit more wiggle room. Markets looking this morning, very solid gains. Congratulations. It's helpful, but it's reminiscent of a dead cat balance until it shows any sort of, you know, consistency or it goes back down and goes back up and goes back down and goes back up. So we're not really amped on this. We're not really yoked on it, like I'd like to say. I can do a backflip, but tend to fall on my face and break my nose. You know, I've never broken a bone in my body, not even my nose. I know you're saying, that's an amazing statistic. Please, please, Mr. Black, tell me that you've got one more amazing statistic in you. I don't know. Men tend to kiss more aggressively than women do because it's all about spreading our testosterone. Is that good enough for you? Is that statistic enough for you? That's the smartest thing I've ever heard anyone say about anything. The word skyscraper was first used in 1888 for an 11-story building. So it really wasn't a skyscraper in any way, shape, or form. The Apollo 11 only had 20 seconds left of fuel when it made its first man landing on the moon. Hmm. Yeah, that's about all I got for you. So I got one more. I got one on the Queen for you. Queen Victoria once received a half-ton slap of cheese as a wedding present. I'd like a half-ton slab of cheese. Give me a weekend, six-pack of beer, and a half-ton slab of cheese. I could probably figure out the world problems. So Brown Foreman and home builder Havnanian, as well as Paul Corp, are all going to schedule to release numbers today. Brown Foreman is the spirits maker. Spirits maker is a nice way of saying booze, boozy, booze, booze, scotchy, 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 my belly, belly, belly. That's what Brown Foreman does. Havnanian builds homes. Newspaper publisher Lee Enterprises in the news this morning. Berkshire Hathaway is taking a 3.2% stake in the company. Warren Buffett continues to buy U.S. newspapers. John Deere finds itself in near record territory in one category. Its new debt offering carries one of the lowest yields of all time with a 30-year bond on track to yield 3.9% and a 10-year note yielding 2.6%. That's crazy. Corporations are able to borrow money at unbelievably low rates, and that's a good thing for the long term. Lockheed Martin won a missile defense contract. It could be valued up to $2 billion. Contract calls for at least 42 interceptor missiles for the U.S. military. Dollar General, 
They priced a secondary offering of 30 million shares at $46 a share. That went terribly well. Abbott Labs, they're saying their competitor Roche, 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 has a trial showing that its arthritis drug performed better than Abbott's best-selling Humira, reducing symptoms of rheumatoid arthritis. So Abbott Labs in the news day and not for reasons they want to be. Novartis is in the final stages of its drug called Illaris, trying to reduce symptoms of childhood arthritis. There would be nothing worse than childhood arthritis. I couldn't even imagine. Like, I had such a great childhood. Nokia has unveiled budget-priced touchscreen handsets in hopes of carving out a niche in a market trying to ratchet competition with their rivals. Chesapeake Energy, they're in talks to sell most of its pipeline business. San Jose passed some pension reform, which is fascinating to me, that this is not a bigger story. Mayor Chuck Reed got a victory with his nationally watched pension reform. Big night for pension reform. San Diego also passed a reform measure by a wide margin. City employee unions argue the measures are illegal, expecting to challenge both in court. But voter approval of San Jose's Measure B put Reed's in the city basically trying to shrink taxpayer bills for generous government pension plans. Fascinating stuff to me because we're asking for union employees to contribute more if they want full benefits. San Jose and San Diego, it's going to be, I think, a litmus test of what's to come across the nation. Trying to reduce pension costs to uh, the taxpayers. So I don't know how I feel about this. I'm not smart enough. I'll think about it. We'll talk about it. I'd like to get your feedback. You can tweet me at Rob Black Show. You can email me, Rob at robblack.com. You can find me online at robblack.com. Don't forget, I got that seminar coming up in Dublin. No one's signing up, so sign up soon at robblack.com. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. So before going to break, I talked a little bit about pension cuts coming out of San Jose or what's referred to as Measure B. And what's interesting to note about this, in my opinion, hold on, just adjusting my microphone a little bit, trying to raise it a little bit higher. Some of the ties to Measure B is current employees keep pension credits already earned, but they got to pay up to 16% more of their salary to continue the benefit or choose a more modest and affordable plan for the remaining years on the job. It's going to limit retirement benefits for future hires by requiring them to pay half the cost of a pension. It's going to discontinue bonus pension checks to retirees. Bonus pension checks. It's going to require voter approval for future pension increases. It's going to change disability retirement with the aim of limiting it to those whose injuries prevent them from working. So Chuck Reed got a big win. Champion new tax measures. I don't, you know, 
a big deficit driver for cities right now is property taxes have gone way down. A pension bill that in the last decade has gone from $73 million for the city of San Jose to $245 million, which far outpaces the 20% revenue growth and gobbling more than a fifth of the city's general fund. Now, I know everyone's got an opinion on this, but I do feel that sometimes our pensions are a little bit too kind to city and state and federal employees. I'm not saying that firefighters and police don't deserve a big fat pension. I'm saying that DMV workers don't. And I know you're saying that's bold of you to draw a line. I'm not, I'm, I'm saying that guys who cut city trees don't deserve the pensions that firefighters and military and police do. Now, again, what's your opinion? I'd like to hear it at Rob Black Show. If you tweet, email me, Rob at robblack.com. And you can call, you call me a jerk. You can call me a, unsensitive. Unsensitive. What's the word there? Callous. A tobacco tax increase is in doubt. Anti-proposition. 29 signs. Uh, a fate of a dollar increase in tobacco taxes. No votes on the proposition overtook yes votes. Californians overwhelmingly approved Proposition 28, which will enact sweeping changes in California term limit laws. 100% of California precincts have reported Proposition 28 would cut the number of years legislators could serve from 14 years to 12. So they could serve all those years in a single house. Proposition 29 would boost the cigarette taxes by a dollar on top of the 87 cent tax already in place. Most of California's coast, along with Bay Area counties, including Santa Clara, Contra Costa, Alameda, and San Mateo, voted yes on the tobacco tax, while Los Angeles said no. The no on 29 campaign was hopeful of pulling out a victory as the night wore on. You know, when it comes to, right down to it, I'm not so sure, you know, uh, throwing another dollar tax on something is, is necessarily what we need to be doing. Even if money goes to cancer research, I understand. I think people were afraid that cancer research was going to be more of a government bureaucracy run by unelected officials that sends, you know, the money from the taxes to themselves. I think that's the fear. I don't know. I honestly don't have the smartest opinion on everything. When it comes to money, I can tell you, sweet. Australia's first quarter GDP outpaced expectations with a 1.3% quarter over quarter reading. European Central Bank held key interest rates at 1% on inflation. That's pretty good. Productivity and unit labor cost revisions miss expectations. Tempur-Pedic is in the news today, down 40% after the company lowered its guidance due to new competitive product introductions. Mattresses. Don't even get me started on mattresses. I know you're going to say, this is going to be a crazy thing for you to say. But yesterday we did a little story on Disney and advertising to children. And how Disney's going to cut any advertising tied towards unhealthy Foods, not necessarily nutritious foods, but unhealthy foods, foods that make kids fat. And they're going to put that in place by 2015 because they got current deals in place. 
anyway, uh, there, there's an angle that, like, who's, who's going to advertise on Disney now? Because if it's healthy, like apples and oranges and fruits and vegetables, parents don't need the advertising because they know it's healthy. You advertise things that are need the help, that need the PR. It's a pretty fascinating concept, right? Now, you can't go five minutes on KNBR, a sports radio station, without hearing a mattress commercial. Mattress, select comfort, mattress firm, Tempur-Pedic. Holy shnikes, right? Does that tell you that there's a lot of money to be made in mattresses? I think mattresses have like a 10,000% markup. I don't know that for true, but they spend a lot of money on advertising. And if you believe the story yesterday about Disney, we only advertise things that, that need the PR. You don't advertise. Like, there was a day when dot-com companies would advertise by going public. You know, just by going public, people would go to check out their website to see if they should invest in the stock. I don't know my true opinions on all this. And yes, I am a jerk. And yes, I do know that. Oh, good golly. Starbucks in the news yet again. What could Starbucks be in the news today for? They've signed a Coinstar deal, which is pretty odd. Starbucks, Seattle's best coffee division, signed a deal with Coinstar to sell coffee in thousands of locations in the United States. The Ruby kiosk will begin rolling out this summer at grocers and drugstores and mass market retailers. The kiosk will grind and brew beans on demand around the clock. They'll serve brewed coffee, mochas, and vanilla lattes starting at a buck per cup. Starbucks passed, you know, on the deal, but they ultimately have their Seattle's Best Coffee division doing it. They expect to sell about 10,000 cups of coffee a year from the kiosks, from each kiosk. Starbucks is seeking to expand beyond its namesake products and boost sales to the more affordable Seattle's Best Coffee brand, which they acquired in 2003. You'll find these kiosks at like Kmart's and Chevron, at Taco Bell, at Burger King, at Subway stores. That's all I got for you. Interesting deal for Coinstar, ticker symbol CSTR. They do those red kiosks where you can rent movies for a buck. You can follow me at robblack.com, robblack.com. Don't forget I got that seminar coming up in about two weekends from now. You can sign up for it at robblack.com. It's in Dublin, California. So you East Bayers need to represent... No one, no one has signed up yet. We'll take a break here. We'll be right back on AM 1220 KDOW. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. 
So, got ECB basically doing nothing this morning. Kind of kicking the can down the road. They're waiting for things to worsen. You've got the Federal Reserve in the United States having some of their Fed presidents go around talking about benchmark rates and where they are. But they're also talking about extending Operation Twist, the program to link the maturities of debt on the central bank's balance sheet. It's an option on the table. The Fed's going to publish its beige book of business conditions this morning. U.S. is growing at a modest pace. Some people would call it moderate. Some are happy with it. Some are not. Warren Buffett, the billionaire chairman of Berkshire Hathaway, said he expects the U.S. economy to avoid another recession. As long as the Europe can contain its debt crisis, there won't be a recession unless events in Europe develop in some way that spills over. He said that this morning. They're in a common currency, but they're not in a common fiscal policy or common culture or common labor practices. They got to reconcile a lot of that. I agree. So there's some downside risks out there. There's no doubt about it. What do we need to talk about? Totally up to you. We could talk about anything that's on your financial pee-picking little mind. Twitter was enjoying the run-up in valuation that Facebook was enjoying in the private markets. You can imagine that people who are speculating buying shares on the second-hand market are not too happy with their purchases. Facebook down another 17 cents this morning at 25.70. I think most analysts think that it will hold somewhere in that $25 range. Keep in mind that there's two things coming up. There's going to be a slew of analysts who fall in love with it because their company helped bring them public. But there's also going to be a slew of, sh- of news tied towards when insiders are able to sell more shares. Let's take a quick look. You can always email me, rob at robblack.com, rob at robblack.com. No one is emailing me this morning. That feels kind of unloved, and I feel good about that. Looking at my Twitter feed right now, a couple more people are following me, but no one throwing feedback my way. Airtime made a big splash yesterday. It's a new video chat service that lets you talk with random Facebook users. It uses screen video and audio captures to ensure people aren't engaging in naughty activities. A couple years ago, there was a, a service that went around where you could randomly hook up with other people on video chats. It was called Chat Roulette, and it was kind of funny. Like, uh, go Google Chat Roulette funny or Chat Roulette screens or something like that, and you'll see that there was some entertainment value there. And what do I mean by that? Uh, Some men would take off their clothes and hope that they'd find a woman interested in their nakedness, or maybe they're just voyeurs, or maybe they were just people who exhibitionists. You know, uh, there was different... People would dress up as characters. People would, you know, try to scare people. People would fake suicides, uh, trying to get, you know, a reaction out of people. But airtime takes that basic concept of hooking up with people randomly, but it doesn't necessarily have to be random. Like, for instance, you could say, I'm in San Jose, and you want to talk to someone in San Jose. 
Or you could say, I'm a hot chick. I want to talk to a hot dude. Or I'm interested in girls or I'm interested in men. And uh, the company's going to take some pictures of you, which freaks a lot of people out just to make sure that, you know, nothing naughty is going on and that it's a good experience. Video chat services like Skype, Uvu, and Google+. Plus. Hangouts don't record your conversation. That, that's because they're intended to connect you with people you already know. But Airtime's mission is to connect you with strangers, making the Internet a little bit more fun. I can see this is really bad news for Match.com. I can see this for you know a, a dating service for Facebook that can catch a little bit more you know absolute uh, sponsors uh, because again you're putting down your likes and you know if you say you like dogs and you're going to talk to another person with, involved with dogs maybe you'll see Perina ads right? Let's go to Mark in Santa Clara. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, I had a question. Um, I'm uh, looking for a job. Uh, I'm rather late in my career. Don't want to make a mistake, um, if that's possible. And I just wanted to see if uh, what your opinion of this company I'm looking at joining is, if I could tell you the name of it. Go ahead. Neo Photonics. They're in San Jose and Fremont. Are you familiar with them? I'm not. Uh, Neophotonics? Mm-hmm. I guess they went public about a year ago. They're, hey, give me a... What's the ticker symbol? Pardon? Do you know what the ticker symbol is? I do not. I should. I was researching the company on the Internet a little bit last night. Let me see. I still have their page up somewhere. There it is. Um, let's see. Usually they have it on the... Okay, I got it. It's a $200 million revenue company, and thanks for the call. It wants its clients to see communications in a new light. They develop manufacture optical network components using laser reactive deposition. Its products include integrated circuits, amplifiers, glass substrates, laser modules, passive optical components, photodiodes. Chips and components are used in optical networking equipment for data communications. Uh, half their sales come from China. Ticker symbol on it is NPTN. NTPN. Give me a second. I'm flying through this data, as you can you can kind of imagine. Um, NTPN. Okay. <laughs> okay, got a little cute. NPTN, NPTN. That was my flaw. I'm almost there. Okay, here's my final analysis, and thanks for the call. Um, not a lot known on it. Very small company. Very, very small company. They just reported earnings of negative 22 cents. Uh, they were supposed to earn negative 34 cents. Revenues increased 6.4% year over year, 54 million in revenue versus expectations of 49 million. This is relatively a small company. Um, they received an investment from a Russian corporation. The company acquired 4.97 million newly issued common shares. Shares are restricted. That doesn't really tell me too much. There's nothing interesting that I can find on this company 
it is considered a small cap company with $120 million market cap. They've got a strong sales trend, which is fascinating and nice. They've got no PE, which bugs the hell out of me if we're talking about it as a publicly traded company. They've got no earnings. Their price to sales is is great. It looks to me like they're going to be the type of company that has to raise money or they're going to be the type of company that has to get acquired. Uh, In the last 52 weeks, the stock's down 52%. They've got $83 million in cash. If you go back to their last quarterly earnings report, you can see that they're losing money, like I mentioned. Um, That does not put them in an enviable position. I don't know. Uh, I'm not going to give you an opinion on the stock as far as working for them because if you've got a good salary and you're late in your career, that's great. Would I count on them to be your, you know, your lunch money, your dinner money, your retirement money? No. Um, financially, they're not the strongest company in the world. They're very, very small in a world that's very, very competitive. And they're not making money. And that bugs me a little bit. Um, Timothy Jinks, CEO, president, and chairman. 2,500 employees. Let's see if I can't pull up some of the competition on the company for you. Avago Technologies, Finisar, Dense Light. So you'd want to compare them with Finisar, which is based out of Sunnyvale. Taking a look at some of their financials, uh, $155 million to $180 million to $200 million profit margins, right around 26%, 30%, They've had one profitable year in the last three. Last year was pretty negative for them, losing $28 million. Yeah, stock-wise, I can't get wildly crazy about this. I'm not against it. I'm just not wildly crazy for it based on the financials. Right now we've got the Dow up 159, the SP 500 up 17, the NASDAQ up 48, oil sitting up a buck today, $86 a barrel, 10-year treasury sits at 1.6%. Apple's looking to ramp up its presence in China with two new stores, opening two more flagship stores. One in the city of Chengdu and one in the city of Shenzhen. Again, I probably said that incorrectly, so don't kill me, don't yell at me, don't send me emails. China's already proven itself to be a huge source of growth for the company. Apple sales in the country tripled between the first quarter of 2011 and the first quarter of 2012. Apple products are becoming more readily available in all cities. Apple still has a legal dispute issue on their hands. AM 1220, KDOW. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black. Billy Ray Cyrus, 50 years old. His daughter, 19 years old, getting engaged. They're going to get married. They're going to go to the altar. They're going to be happy. Three and a half carat cushion. Well, I guess Miley's not marrying her dad. I should mention that. She's marrying a guy named Liam Hemsworth. 
And he put a ring on it. After three years of dating, they're ready to say I do. Miley met Liam when they co-starred in the last song in 2009, where he was reportedly was her first real kiss. Miley even took to Twitter to express her excitement on the engagement after the news broke. Life is beautiful. She says, I love you less today than I will love you tomorrow. I don't know what to say to this. Um, awesome? Like, wow? There is a story here. She's worth a hell of a lot of money. And uh, her career is probably going to be better than his career. The Olsen twins won a big fashion award. Youth actors, youth Hollywood types tend to preserve pretty well. And uh, they do have potential for careers. I don't, can't believe I'm saying this. Science fiction legend Ray Bradbury dead at 91. Don't really have a big angle on that for you other than uh, someone who's been around for many, 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 many years. Written many fine books on science fiction. U.S. productivity fell nine-tenths of a percent in the first quarter. It was a revision to GDP numbers that we saw a couple weeks ago, last week, that ultimately pushes a revision in productivity. Chesapeake's discussing their $4 billion pipeline sale. Meg Whitman seeks a Starbuck-like turnaround. Hewlett Packard CEO Meg Whitman's drawing inspiration from Starbucks CEO Howard Schultz as she steps up a turnaround effort in the world's biggest computer maker. Whitman, who's CEO since September, said that getting Hewlett Packard back on track could take as long as half a decade. She compared her task to the one facing Schultz in 2008 when he resumed role as CEO of the largest coffee shop operator. I think she's being silly, comparing herself to Howard Schultz. Let's take a quick look at some of the top headlines out there. Jack Dorsey's he's been in the news a lot lately. Jumping from Twitter back to Square. Square is coming out with all sorts of product right now. Financial company. Spain is having a gigantic day. What do I mean by that? The market's up over 3% as the ECB said, we're, we're paying attention to Spain. We're going to you know, not let them out of our sights. And that didn't mean they're going to help them. But there's growing thought that there will be some stimulus coming to the way of Spain trying to prevent a run on the banks. But why have money in a bank right now? I mean, that's something that I don't think anyone can have a good answer to. Ed Schultz, who I find just flat-out creepy, not for political reasons, just for creepy reasons. He was a host on MSNBC. He was skeptical of the results out of Wisconsin last night. MSNBC host was a big critic of the governor, Scott Walker, who survived his recall challenge. He kind of freaked out last night on the air. 
You know, he said, you know, NBC is calling it for Walker. Okay, I think it's awful close. There's a lot of absentee ballots, yet they're still out there. It's going to be very, very close down to the wire, so it's disappointing, I know, if this is going to be the result. He added a few minutes later that Walker could be indicted in the next few days, although he didn't give any evidence to back that up. It wasn't all that close. Walker pulled out 53%, 46%. They're saying that Obama could be in trouble because not the Republicans or the Democrats. Republicans are going to vote for Republicans. Democrats are going to vote for the Democrats. It's the swing vote is asking themselves, am I better off today than I was three years ago? And the swing vote is what won it for Obama the last time, and will it win it for him this time? So Schultz went on to say, just to show you how crazy people are, and I don't know, I, I just find this funny when uh, media types get caught up in stories. He said, quote, to say that I'm shocked and stunned is pretty much an understatement, but I also think that as a real warning to Americans that money has now infiltrated our political system like we've never seen before. Um, if everyone doesn't know that money buys elections, then you're smoking crack cocaine. We don't need Ed Schultz to tell us that. Now, Meg Whitman, she tried to buy a governorship and she couldn't do it. So it doesn't guarantee that you're going to win, but it certainly does help. Amanda Burns got arrested for DUI, even though she says she doesn't drink. She's asked President Barack Obama to fire the cop who arrested her. What the hell is that all about? Hmm. You see Miami Heat lost last night. Don't you love pulling against the guys that guaranteed five world championships? There's a good story about how much money you're going to need to retire. And, you know, if you want a million dollars, it may be ultimately be $3 million that you need. I've always said that a million dollars will get you forty dollars to $60,000 a year in retirement, and that's probably enough for most of us to get by on if we had to. But now there's a concept that maybe we need more due to volatility and due to the fact that we've always expected 12% returns. Now we're probably expecting 8 to 10% returns because of the volatility. And a lot of people, including retirees, they don't want to take chances, so their money's going to grow a lot slower than they expected. You're going to need somewhere between $1 to $3 million per person for retirement. Less for the second person, but still a lot. This is AM 1220, KDOW. The Reverend. We're ready. 1220 KDOW presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finance, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now to start your day with the latest news and market commentary. Here's Rob Black on the Bay Area's business leader, 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in. Hour two, Rob Black, your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and much, much more. 
As I like to say, what's on your financial mind? Anything that you want to talk about? We can talk about. How can we talk about it? You can email me, Rob, at robblack.com. You can tweet me, at Rob Black Show. I'd like to get that to be a little more 21st century and going, if you know what I'm saying. Cigarette tax measure defeated in California. San Jose passes pension reform. Stockton is saying, we may go bankrupt. Okay, so Americans don't want more taxes, even if it's tied towards the evil cigarette. I have to imagine more people don't smoke than do. So that's considered a sin tax, and it's typically pretty easy to get get a sin tax approved because people will go, "Ah, you're not taxing me, that's fine by me. Right? Stockton may file for bankruptcy. They've got to reach a deal by June 25 to avoid insolvency. The city council approved resolution 61 to authorize the city manager to seek protection under Chapter 9 bankruptcy, under which municipalities can reorganize their debt. The mayor and Johnston, and I will never run for mayor of Stockton, I promise you this, said, we have hit the wall. We are insolvent. This is an action that we must take to keep the services that are important for the safety and health of our citizens. We have to prepare. We cannot wait to act. We have to do what's best for the citizens. Wow. So back to that pension reform. San Jose. Voters handed Chuck Reed a crucial victory with his nationally watched pension reform measure passing by a decisive margin. San Diego also did a similar thing. City employee unions will challenge. Governments are trying to shrink taxpayers' bills for generous government pension plans. They're trying to discontinue bonus pension checks to retirees. They're limiting retirement benefits for future hires by requiring them to pay half the cost of the pension. Current employee keeps pension credits already earned but must pay up to 16% more of their salary to continue that benefit or select a more modest plan. One of the problems for San Jose is that their pension bill has more than tripled from $73 million to $245 million in the last decade. And more than 20% of their fund that they get in taxes from their own citizens goes to paying people in retirement. So you kind of see what this is all about. Let's take a look at some of the other market stories of the day. We have a higher market. Let's take a look at the market numbers. The Dow up 174, the S&P 500 up 19, the NASDAQ up 49, oil's up a buck 60, sitting at 85, almost $86 a barrel. Gold's up 20, sitting at 16.35. Why is gold up 20? Because there's a new thought that Ben Bernanke is going to do some sort of stimulus. Quantitative easing three. You've already heard one You've already heard one analyst come out and say uh, that he expects stimulus. 
Author Ray Bradbury dead at 91. Hmm. Republicans are reveling in commentary by Bill Clinton. Ex-Treasury Secretary. That's tough for me to say for some reason. Larry Summers talked about extending the Bush-era tax cut, saying Democrats are helping the GOP make its case before the cuts expire. So Clinton broke with President Barack Obama and said the tax cut set to expire in January should be temporarily renewed. Clinton later said the former president favored extending the tax cuts in 2010, but doesn't believe the tax cuts should be extended again for the wealthiest. So that's kind of music to Republicans' ears. We got 8.2% unemployment nationwide. Republicans arguing that tax cuts, including for the wealthiest, need to be extended to help create jobs. Obama argues that they should rise for higher earners and that the wealthy can afford to help pay down the deficit. I don't think too many people across the, no one wants taxes for themselves. We all want taxes for others. Like you can tax cigarette smokers as much as you damn well want. I don't care. Just don't tax beer. Don't tax, you know, you can tax soda. You kind of see where I'm going at this, right? Republicans want to pull the plug or turn out the lights on the light bulb law. Republicans in the House adopted a provision designed to save traditional incandescent light bulbs by blocking what one lawmaker called the energy police from enforcing an efficiency standard. Even if the House language approved last night survives in the Democratic-led Senate, the impact for consumers probably will be limited because manufacturers like Royal Phillips and General Electric have revamped manufacturing to comply with the law, making bulbs that use less electricity generate the same amount of light. First phase of this standard which was passed in 2007 during President Bush's administration went into effect this year. People are sick of government treading where it doesn't belong. We've heard this story. And again, I think the pension story out of San Jose and San Diego says people are tired of certain things. And it will become a national issue. At the same time, the, the cigarette tax didn't increase and that tells me something. I don't know what it tells me, but it does tell me something. Other big stories to note this morning. Diageo is going to invest $1.5 billion over the next five years to meet global demand for scotch and whiskey. Or is scotch whiskey the same thing? Norfolk Southern CEO Wick Mormon talks about the transportation business this morning. So we got a pretty positive market this morning. I kind of like what I'm seeing there. Australia's GDP outpaced expectations, telling us that China's probably doing a little bit better than we thought. European Central Bank held interest rates where they were at 1% on some inflation worries. Productivity and unit labor costs missed expectations. Ancestry.com up 10%. Companies putting themselves up for sale. Can't say that I really care too much about that story. Other stories out there this morning. Ovartis is the final study stages of its Alanis drug, helping to reduce symptoms in childhood arthritis. Nokia has unveiled its budget-priced touchscreen handsets. Nokia once was Apple. 
and before Nokia, it was Motorola, showing you that things do change in the world of technology. I got a seminar coming up, coming up real soon, in fact, in Dublin, California. You can sign up at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. It's a couple Saturdays from now. I hope to see you there. It's three Saturdays from now, so it's coming up real soon. John Deere issued debt at a record low, AAA-rated company. Tempur-Pedic down 40%, competitive product introductions. You can find me online at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. You can tweet me at Rob Black Show. You can drop me an email, rob at robblack.com. We'll take a break here. I'll be right back on AM 1220, KDOW. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in. Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Dow's up 200 now. Sweet. S&P 500 up at 21, and the NASDAQ up 52. Let's welcome in CFP Chad Burton. He's our house financial planner for Rob Black and your money. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. A lot of the questions that I get, Chad, on a regular basis are people who are trying to get the best stock, the best return on stocks, trying to beat the markets, trying to get yields for their cash that's higher than you know 0 to 1%, trying to chase performance. Let's talk about chasing performance, chasing yield. Mm-hmm. Uh, typically, I, I tend to say that anything over 6% is going to get start getting dangerous on you as far as income-oriented investing. Well, it's more than that now. So, I mean, if you're looking at some of the ETNs um, or ETFs that are in the muni bond area yep. and they're yielding over 4%, likely they're leveraged, okay. meaning they're borrowing money somewhere to buy even more so they can keep the yield up. So if you have any kind of a credit situation... Let's say um, you know budget deficits of California get worse, or uh, Spain and Italy become the next Greece, which looks like it could very well happen. Um, and you have some sort of credit event, you could see those funds lose ten to fifteen percent. Um, high yield bonds, you know, the those are really considered the other alternative name for high yield bond is junk bond. They're right. lower credit ratings, and again, you can see those move just like stocks in value. I uh, bought. A lot of high yield stuff and convertible bonds in early 2009 that had 30% returns. And then I sold them. Um, still own actually a little bit now uh, because most funds to keep their interest rates above 4% own high yield and foreign bonds and some common stocks now. So, um, you know, people's portfolios are more, have higher beta now than they think. And we've seen entire firms, you know, brought down like MF Global because they invested in Italian bonds a little bit too soon. Um, they're chasing performance. They're trying to stay ahead of the curve. Again, they went down for other reasons, but chasing yield can bring you down, and it can bring you down hard. Yeah, yeah. You know, like Franklin Templeton had one of the best foreign bond funds. They really stumbled in the first, or the last part of 2011, uh, went into Irish bonds and things like that too early. So 
people stumble. And that's the other thing too, Rob, really people need to be very careful of when you go through a period of increasing interest rates on being in really popular bond funds. Those are the funds where people cash out because they get scared, forcing the bond manager to sell bonds that they don't want to sell. You know, a lot of times if you hold the bond to maturity, you're going to end up being okay. But if your investors are dying for their money and you, you're forced to sell the bond at a loss, your NAV or your bond fund's going to fall. When do you think people should just say no to bond funds? Ever? Uh, <clears throat> well, if you're in a stable interest rate environment right. um, or rates are high and they look like they're coming down, buy individual bonds and hold them to maturity. Okay. Um, right now, I like the liquidity. We've de-risked our bond portfolio, though, to go to some really well-managed, much smaller funds so we don't have to... Um, and even less known funds, so we don't have to deal with that run on bonds if in 12 months, you know, interest rates start to rise. Um, I would like to buy individual bonds and hold them to maturity, but the level that I have to buy them at, there's so many bonds out there paying at a premium. Okay. So in other words, you're going to pay 103 to $105 for a bond that's going to mature at $100 in five years. Have you ever considered um, like a, a Ford bond or a GM bond? Because we, we kind of assume those companies aren't going to go out of business. Yeah, but again, we're keeping an eye on our managers and make sure that they can get better prices than we can. Okay. You know what I mean? And an individual basis. And that's where you... Wait, wait. You said, do you know what I mean? And you looked at me like I know. I don't know what you mean. <laughs> I have no clue what you just said there. Okay. So, well, when an individual buys a bond right. from a market maker... right. A lot of times you're paying a, a premium for a bond, and if you're buying at such a small level, you're going to get a much worse price than a PIMCO or somebody else that's a market maker in those areas. You I know what I mean? I'm as big as PIMCO. No, you're not as Well, you're a lot bigger than Bill Gross. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the self. You, you might have 60 pounds on that guy. He's, he's, a, little, he's a little yoga guy. You, just went, from, himself backwards you just went from subtle to not very subtle. <laughs> he's a little yoga guy. Have you met him? Well, no, I think it's well known that he does like two hours of yoga a day or something like that. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So yeah. the only thing I can tell you about Bill Gross is that mustache just flips me out. When he has it, it flips me out. When he shaves it, it flips me out. Comes and goes. So anything else that we need to know about this topic on chasing the yield? No, I think just... So that's the big story of the day. Regulators are eyeing J.P. Morgan executive pay clawbacks. Mortgage applications rose last week. American kids are out of school and out of work. I remember being a teenager and loving summertime and making some money. Quantitative easing three, will it do any good or not? Will we do some more aggressive easing? I think that's on a lot of people's minds. One Federal Reserve's... Banker said today, we do. He's saying soft U.S. economic data is a problem. Charles Evans, he's president of the Chicago Federal Reserves, speaking just days after government report showed paltry U.S. job growth. He said, with huge resource gaps, slow growth, and low inflation, the economic circumstances warrant strong accommodation. The damage intensifies longer than unemployment remains high. Failure to act now will lower the capacity of the economy for many years to come. That's very interesting commentary in my mind. Evan said he expects unacceptably high unemployment for some time to come, which carries the risk that skills of -of out-of-work Americans will deteriorate. That's an interesting thought, right? People have been out of work long enough to the point that they can't get back into work. Like, when you start any job... 
Go to lunch. Never go to lunch by yourself. Ever, never, ever, never. Going to lunch is about networking. Got an email from Phil. He says, I'm thinking about purchasing some silver bars. $20,000 worth to offset cash I have on hand. The silver purchase would be approximately 14% of cash on hand. Yay or nay? I say nay, unless you're worth $1 to $4 million. I don't understand why you would want silver bars. Now keep in mind, I say that. Not jokingly, not lightly. If you want a hard commodity asset or a hard asset fund, no problem. If you're expecting inflation, absolutely 5 to 15% of your net worth could be in, in hard assets. There's ways to play inflation other than buying metals. You could buy all commodities. You could buy currencies. That's why I prefer a hard asset fund to what you're basically doing is speculation, and you're giving a silver dealer money on the buy and a silver dealer commissions on the sell. I say cut them out of the picture. And if you want 5 to 15% assets, hard assets, that's fine. But do it the old-fashioned way. Get a mutual fund. Don't go out and take ownership of silver bars. You listen to AM 1220. And silver, go with gold or go with palladium. Silver such a ghetto metal. Plenty of it in the world. AM 1220 KDOW. Don't forget I got a seminar coming up in Dublin. No one has signed up yet. Sign up at robblack.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.